0: RCR with Paul Brennan, Reality Check Radio. Well, you may remember a few weeks ago I spoke with Kirsten Murphy and a couple of the others from Democracy NZ. They were walking away at the time, and uh, that was interesting. Uh, Now, fast forward about two or three weeks later, and Kirsten is back with us on Reality Check Radio. Kirsten Murphy, welcome back. Thank you for coming back on.
1: Great. Thank you, Paul. It's lovely to be
0: here. Uh, How's it all going?
1: (laughs) Good, it's been a bit of a whirlwind, but yeah, sort of finding my feet and just feeling really positive and like I'm on the right track, found my political home.
0: Well, I remember the conversation we had um, uh, with you a while back and and after that we had Winston on and I asked him, uh, had any of the departing uh, Democracy NZ candidates been in touch or had you been in touch with them? And he kind of, in his response, indicated that there might have been something going on there. It yeah, turns so, out that there was.
1: <laughs> there was. Right? So myself and another candidate went across to Cambridge, which was the following day after the resignation. I just wanted to hear him speak, um, and I was really impressed. I mean, we'd been watching him on social media with the State of the Nation talk, which really grabbed me, and I think actually one candidate actually posted that on their Facebook um, Facebook page, and they got pulled off very quickly but he seems to be speaking truth and just, I seem to really align with what I want to achieve in politics with what the party wants to achieve as well. So I actually approached one of the members over there and it's just developed since then.
0: When you say aligns Mm. with you, what aligns? Is it everything or some things? I mean, given what we've been through and what democracy and Zed was, was saying not too long ago when you were there?
1: Well, New Zealand First is bigger picture, so they've got all the freedom, sovereignty, anti-mandates, which were in the other party, Um, but it's much broader as well, and just the level of experience and actually practising democracy in action. So I went up to the Testing and Development Day in Auckland last week and stayed for the conference, and I was absolutely impressed how it was democracy in action. So I can speak to a bit to that if you like.
0: Yes, um, yeah, go.
1: Okay, so at the development and testing, because they take the candidates very, very seriously, so you have to go through quite <laughs> quite a lot of testing and being put on the spot and constructive criticism. They said it was going to be hard from the start and it is challenging. And by the end of it, I was like, I don't know if I want to be a politician um, because they're very honest with you. But they also said the reason they do that is they want, not everyone's cut out to be a politician, so they really want people to know what it's like because there's no point getting there and then not liking it.
0: So you get the blowtorch, basically. You get the blowtorch,
1: but it was great. I loved it. And at the end of the training day, we're exhausted, been on form all day. They're like, who's got a remit? So most of the candidates put their hands up and they're like, who doesn't have a remit? So I put my hand up going, what is a remit? Um, So a remit is when... The members of the party, they come to conference and prior to conference, they can put a remit in. So any policy they want to be a New Zealand first policy, they put in a little blurb. So they said, well, you can read out somebody else's because we want to see what you like at public speaking, etc. And once you read out the remit, then it's open to the floor. So any member that's there, so you've got people that are in their 20s right through to you know, people probably in their 80s or 90s can debate it. And it was amazing because... That's what our country needs is debate back. So you have a debate for and against, and then it's either accepted, rejected, or amended. So with my remit, I had two minutes and a very strict of time because that's what happens in Parliament. The bell rings, speaker says it's over, you've got a better present. I was presenting why we should keep cash in society, mm-hmm. and the remit actually at the end said, except in exceptional circumstances such as a pandemic, which I disagreed with, but it was my job to present. Right. Um, so then it went to the floor and someone spoke up and said, no, we do not like, you know, this pandemic, because with the pandemic treaty, et cetera, they could really widen that to take cash out of society. And so that was accepted as amendment passed. And that's now a New Zealand First policy. Well, and so okay. we're doing that all weekend. And then by the launch on Sunday, he was speaking about the policies which
0: were decided by the members. <laughs> okay. So it seems that, um, I mean, this election is has all sorts sure. of fascinating angles to it. And there's a chunk of the electorate, don't know how big it is, but it, it definitely is up for grabs. And you can tell that people know that because there's all those freedom little parties jostling around. Mm. And I guess the main parties know that there's a chunk out there as well. How big do you think it is?
1: It's really hard to tell. My gut tells me maybe 15 to 20. That's not based on any science. It's just a real gut feel. Yeah.
0: Okay. So do you think New Zealand first, and and I'll be accused just from asking this question of, (laughs) of, of, you know, trying to push a particular line, but is New Zealand first, do you think, in a position to engage with most or to bring on board most of that group, do you think?
1: I think there's a really good chance, given the calibre of candidates we've got. Um, Casey Costello, I mean, amazing. I actually personally hadn't heard of her prior to meeting her at the training, but she is one heck of a woman.
0: Hmm. The Hobson's Pledge uh, woman, right? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Um Now, the other development that there's been, well, it's, it's been – happening over the last few weeks. We talked to Winston about this after a public meeting in Dunedin where a question was asked. You know about that, I'm sure. But uh, most recently, yesterday in Whangarei, he's come out and said, and I'm I'm reading from a Twitter post here, but I don't think it's from Winston or the party itself, but it's, it's headed up major policy announcement. Um, New Zealand First will hold a full and independent inquiry into COVID-19 and the efficacy of the vaccine.
1: Um, there's been a number of people talking with Winston, and the one great thing about Winston is he's willing to have a talk yeah. with people. And I think he's coming around. When I went to Cambridge, he said the science was wrong, and that's when I was like, "Wow, that's how nervous. significant
0: do you think that is? How significant do you think that is? Him, the part, his position, party's position in the current. Uh, uh, climate. I think it's amazing,
1: but like. One thing I find is sometimes people's beliefs are actually enemies to knowledge. Like if you're really held in a belief, you can't see past that belief Yeah. where Winston, and he's always done it is that he does listen and he does talk to people to get different perspectives. So as I was saying, lots of people get stuck in their beliefs and that's actually an enemy to knowledge. So you actually have to look at different perspectives to grow your knowledge. And he's been very welcoming and receptive to listening to different people. So, without naming names, I know that a very well-known and trusted freedom person met with him for two hours on Friday, um, and explained a lot of the science. Right, right. And he was very receptive to that. As I said, when I was went across to Cambridge, he said the science was incorrect. So he's willing to move with that, and I I like that because at the start of pandemic. I had certain beliefs and I actually washed my cans (laughs) and I have gone from washing my cans and being probably a little bit certifiable because I was so scared to actually being, people call me a freedom leader now. So people can change and learn.
0: Okay. So him coming out and basically saying what a lot of people have been wanting to hear from somebody in politics, even though, you know, Winston's not in Parliament. He's still in politics, it's fair to say. He's got his own party. What do you think this could do for the electorate and also the other parties because no one else is talking like this?
1: Well, he has been one of the only politicians, even though he was didn't get in in 2020, and lots of people forget that. Like some of the comments I get, you know, he mandated the vaccines. And it's like, well, he actually wasn't in Parliament at the time. And I remember being down at the Freedom Village and then there was suddenly this buzz on the social media and then you saw this man walking around in a suit and it was just so exciting. Like he did actually come down and then he took Mallard to court about the trespass notices. So I, given the founding principles of the party, which is sovereignty, freedom of choice, one vote for all, I think he could actually go quite far and I really hope I'm part of that team. I want to be in parliament with them.
0: Yeah. Wow. Okay. So how far out are we? We're what about three months, just a little under now. So what sort of work will you have to do in that time? Do you think?
1: A lot. So (laughs) I found out on Thursday night that I'm officially a candidate. So I'll be meeting with, thank you. No, very excited because I do feel like I've found my political home at long last. I will be meeting with Erica Harvey tomorrow. She's the Tauranga candidate. I will be the Bay of Plenty candidate. So we're going to tag team together.
0: Okay. Yeah.
1: She's an amazing woman, um, very awake, probably as crazy as I am. She's running with a nine-week-old baby. Oh, wow. <laughs> but, <laughs> but that's how passionate she is as well, to take back our country, to restore democracy, freedom of speech in New Zealand. And we were mm. so excited to hear today, um, listening to Winston's live, that he actually wants the mandated to be reinstated and for compensation to be paid. Recompense,
0: he said, yeah.
1: Yeah, that is huge because so many people have been hurt. It divided yeah, but, a nation, and this is going to be part of the healing process.
0: And then there's the issue of uh, how do you recompense people who have been injured and families who have lost, but that's maybe a developing kind of uh, conversation.
1: At least we're having the conversation. Yeah. We don't have the sole source of truth anymore.
0: What do you say to people, and there's a lot of them out there, I know because I I see the emails and texts coming into us, who blame Winston for uh, enabling, being the enabler of Jacinda Ardern, to the point where many still call him a traitor Mm. and um, and sort of um, portray him as someone who's sort of just greedy for office. Yeah, what's no, I have your heard what's that. your in your personal interactions with him, uh, how would you what would you say about that?
1: Um, I think people need to come back to reality. It's we're sort of taking a very binary approach to it. It's so either right or wrong, and we're not looking at the nuances. So he didn't make the election results. The election results were the results of the people voting. And then he had a choice to make on behalf of the party. So he did speak to national. They weren't going to give him the things that he wanted, which included the Provincial Growth Fund. And there wasn't also, he was told, that there was instability with the party. So why would you go with a party that has got instability? And I often wonder, say if he had gone with National and we came to the pandemic, if Judith Collins, and no disrespect to her, was in power, how different would she have handled it?
0: A good question. Yeah. yeah.
1: So, yes, he did go with Labour. Um, that was back in 2017, though. Yeah. So it was prior to the pandemic. So people have got to remember that. And I think a lot of people are still believe that he was actually in power and in Parliament during the 2020 to 2023. And I don't know why that is, but I think – a lot of us just didn't pay that much attention to politics. And I think you can see he really was a handbrake. Because look at what's happened since he hasn't been. Yeah. In the parliament. handbrake
0: came off, right?
1: And you can't you can't prove how you someone prevents something. So there's no quantitative analysis of that. It's just he obviously managed to stop stuff, negotiate, because it's often he didn't go into parliament, negotiate with Labour it wasn't like he had a magic wand and all the power.
0: Hmm.
1: It's always a bit of a trade-off.
0: Yeah. Um, if he, if, well, if let's say you, you as a team, team New Zealand first, um, get in with any sort of numbers, I don't know, uh, over 5% you're in, but, you know, let's, let's talk in the 15, the 10 to 15% range, you know, as a thought experiment. What what sort of power do you think that will give the party? It's more than a handbrake at that level, isn't it?
1: Oh, absolutely. Um, that would be amazing. We could actually implement and negotiate a lot of the policies we have. So I know a lot of people are like, Winston let us down on the TPP. Um, but as I said, he doesn't have the power to negotiate everything, but he did manage to negotiate some really good clauses being taken out, such as the Investor State Dispute Settlement, which is where there's been a case in New Zealand that I actually hadn't heard of, and I'm a lawyer, that Mobile had actually come in in the 80s and signed up with the Labour government at that point in time to develop natural gas into synthetic gasoline. And then when National got back in, they wanted to stop that. So then Mobile can come in and sue the nation and they've done similar things overseas. So Winston being a very sharp intellect and also alumni of Auckland University Law School, a um, bit of a plug there, can see where things need to be stopped. So he didn't negotiate on the fluffy stuff. He went straight to the heart of the matter. And so he managed to get that implemented with five countries around the world. So it is a start. Like he can't stop everything all at once, but you have to start somewhere. I mean, if we get into Parliament, I don't even know where we start. This elephant's huge, but how do you yeah. eat an elephant? One bite at a time.
0: But but um, there's an urgency too, isn't there? You, you can feel it. It's in the air.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And so, a lot of mm. what we're dealing with at the moment, such as co-governance, started with actually national, and then it was passed to Labour, and it's accelerating, and we've got the World Economic Forum, et cetera, which seems to be accelerating. Like, why did Hipkins go up to China? What was that all about? They're yeah. an unelected, undemocratic body. So I'd love to know the answer to that question. Was he given oh, instructions?
0: Well, well, he should, if he's asked, well, even if he's not asked, he should be telling us because it's, it's crucial to every citizen to know what's going on.
1: Exactly. And what I've found really fascinating since I've got involved and done many projects, such as my project Q&A, where I look at lots of different topics from mass right through to the World Economic Forum, our politicians have been going up to the World Economic Forum for a very long time. Yeah. But yet I'm told I remember going to, it must have been just before the 2020 election, David Seymour came down to Taranga and I was like, this seems like a really good party, they're talking the talk. That I like. So I went along to a meeting. Beautiful sunny day in Tauranga. So there was about 10 people there at the bar. Mm. And I spoke about Davos, etc. And he made a beeline for me afterwards and said, What do you know about Davos? It's a conspiracy theory. I said, No, it's not. The politicians go up all the time. And oh, so, so he
0: going, was curious.
1: He said, I shouldn't be talking about issues like that. Shouldn't. Yeah. He said Why? it to my face. Why? Well, this is what I want to know. They talk about it in Parliament. So if in Project Q&A, I've actually got, it's not hands-on, so to speak. There's some notes, and I can send it through to you, where they actually talk quite freely about Davos and the World Economic Forum. But the moment they're outside of Parliament, it's this conspiracy theory. Anyone that talks about it is wearing a tinfoil hat. That Why is that?
0: So why do you think he made a beeline to you to tell you not to talk about it?
1: That's what he told me to do. I it. But, but, but also
0: he's asking you to sort of inform him as if he didn't know some things at the same time is that what he's Oh, saying?
1: I'm pretty sure he knew what I was talking about. Right.
0: He wanted <laughs> to know how much you knew. Is that
1: Possibly. I mean, you'd have to ask him that.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah. But I'd be willing to put that my recollection of that conversation in an affidavit, so
0: Yeah. So on the New Zealand First, because it's basically New Zealand First is a nationalist party, uh, you Mm. know, and for some that's a dirty word. It's not for me, by the way. That just (laughs) means you support your country. Okay, nothing wrong with that. But um, he's now aware or the party's aware of WHO, International Health Regulations, vaccine, health passport, um, et cetera, et cetera, that they're up to speed with that.
1: Absolutely, up to speed. Um, he's very aware of the pandemic treaty and how that could be extended out, and there's no way he is going to allow, if we can get good people into Parliament, for them to decide when a pandemic is um, basically called out. It's our decision in New Zealand how we handle that.
0: Well, because that's a big concern of our listeners, again, you know. Who's it's aware a major it is concern not. of
1: myself as well. So when yeah. I went across to Cambridge... And someone asked him that question and he answered it. I was like, wow, I just didn't expect. I don't know. Prior to 2020, I used to watch the six o'clock news. Um, <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, really? <laughs>
1: yeah, it explains a lot. I wasn't that interested in politics. The clown show. The clown show, yes. <laughs> and we know how it's all funded now.
0: Yeah, well, um, the the tvnz is now 15 million dollar loss last year so the business model's not working out too well which means no. a lot less people are watching which means their advertising revenue's degraded so it's on a downward trajectory the thing is though the media as soon as they perceive new zealand first this is my my gut feel mm-hmm. as really starting to roll you watch you're anticipating the hit pieces right they're going to yeah, come absolutely. in thick and And far. that was
1: one of their concerns about me being a candidate is the potential hit piece, given that I've jumped ship from the other party to this party. And that's okay. It'll be 24 hours of news. Most people can see past that. Yeah. Anyone that knows my work, the hours i put in, the numerous open letters I've written, project Q&A, et cetera, know that I'm about truth and saving this country. And so I think I was telling to you before the interview when Winston says, take back New Zealand, I'm like, I actually feel like he's stolen my tagline. He hasn't. But that's exactly what I've been saying is that we need to take back New Zealand. We need to take back our country.
0: From our own people. Exactly. That's a sad thing. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. So big effort for you, yes. young children there too, So or child there. So you've got plenty of work to do, Uh, it's going to be a quite an intense period of time for you from here on in, right?
1: Uh, It's going to be massive, but that's okay. I mean, I've got stuff going on at home that is pretty serious. Yep. But that is okay because I have their blessing. They see how serious the situation is to our children and also to our grandchildren. Yep. Um, So we will do it. Yeah, And that's exactly what they told us at the testing and development as well, is being a politician is really about service and sacrifice. So that it's going to have a- <laughs> that's a new thing. <laughs> <laughs> but they actually try to scare us. They're like, you will have no time. You become public property. You'll be lucky yep. to turn your phone off one day a month. Yep. If you are sick at Parliament and you need to be there, you're not allowed to leave the precinct. Get a blankie, harden up.
0: Wow. Okay.
1: Yeah. So yep. everybody from New Zealand first, that's going to it knows this and we're going to it for the right reasons. So I, I'd just be so proud to stand there and to serve the people.
0: Well, Kirsten, thank you for coming on this morning and, uh, and giving you, you, you know, your personal feelings and, and view window into what's happening with you and the, and this party and people are looking around right now. So, they need to know there's this place to go, that place to go, and they need to understand what are the best choices, what are the l- most likely to, to do something. And it seems like definitely something going on here, but I've got to be careful what I say because people get all happy. Yeah. You know, no, Not I the other people, Absolutely. what about this person, that person. <laughs> but thank you well, for there coming. There
1: are some amazing people and everybody that is standing, I think, is doing it for the right reasons. Yeah. But I think it's really important, I mean, There's the whole wasted vote. Yeah, well, that's there. But it's also something really important was said at training that stuck with me is people will challenge Winston and say, you didn't say what you're going to do. But also he was being given a a lightweight plane and he needs a fighter jet. So if you want him to have a fighter jet because he's tenacious, he's got the experience, he's a really good negotiator, then you need to vote for him and maybe just learn a little bit more about the party. Don't just keep saying these lines that you see on social media because they're very good at programming us as well. <laughs> Aren't they? Yeah. So we've all had critical thinking over the last three years. So use those skills and go and do your research for yourself.
0: All right. Kirsten Murphy, newly minted <laughs> New Zealand first candidate for Bay of Plenty, the seat of Bay of Plenty, right?
1: Yes, that's correct.
0: Thanks for coming on RCR. We're going to be very interested to watch your progress, but also the, you know, the whole this part of the divide, as I call it, how that shakes out in the time to come. We haven't got too long to wait, and I'm sure we'll talk again.
1: It's lovely. Thank you for having me on, Paul. RCR with Paul Brennan, Reality
0: Check Radio.